trust the movement, I negate the chaos, uplift the negative, I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Becca Pillard, Victoria Abugalom, and Jan Nespor, all advocates for clean energy and fighting to stop the multi-million fracked gas power plant slated to be built in the middle of the Ohio State campus in Columbus, Ohio. Becca Pollard is a organizer with the Sierra Club and a founding member of Keep Wayne Wild. She lives in Columbus and works with activists around the state. Victoria Abu Galeom is a PhD student in the School of Environment and Natural Resources She's the chair of SENR's graduate student, student organization, GradRoots, and studies environmental social science. Her research interests center on racial justice in sustainability, where she critically an analyzes the deliberate suppression of the voices of people of color in the environmental movement and in current discourse around sustainable development and living. Jan Nespor has been a professor in the Department of Educational Studies at OSU for the past 12 years. He's currently doing research on virtual schooling and international policy mobility, but tries to keep up on issues related to climate change and environmental degradation. Welcome, you three. Thank you, Thank you so much. much. Yeah. Let's give um, our listeners an overview of this um, proposed um, fracked gas, combined gas and power plant. Why don't we start with you, Becca, um, and give us an idea, just our listeners, the basics of what this is about. Well, um, this is a proposed gas plant that would um, provide electricity and heat for Ohio State's main campus in Columbus, Ohio. Um, it would be powered by quote unquote natural gas, which comes from fracking. So that's a big concern. So um, where is this facility going to be? On uh, the location would be on West Campus. So it's, um, and uh, you feel free to jump in. You, you're more familiar with the area than I am, but I know it's close to a number of campus buildings. It's close to the stadium. It's also close to some apartments. Yeah. Um, the, the Lenox Movie Theater and Shopping Center. It's really close to um, the Environment and Natural Resources School, which, um, like, if, if, if my office had a, a window, which it doesn't, <laughs> I would be able to see the future um, stacks, like, right outside. Um, currently, where it's proposed to be sited, there are some greenhouses, that I believe the horticulture students use, but it's it's really right there, like walking also, in every day. That's it's also next to the equine center, right? Um, I actually don't know where the equine center is, but it is also right next to the vet med center yeah. um, and the uh, OSU farm that's right there, um, as well as like some other medical facilities. One of the Wexner branch locations is right behind the rec center that's over there. And um, yeah, like Becca was saying, there's some apartments, there's also retail, 
restaurants. Um, so it'll be right there. It's near Grandview and Upper Arlington as well. It would definitely be impact that community. Um, yeah, I think I think Clinton Township is the area where residents would be closest to it. What is it? How big is it? How much energy is it producing? And why are they building it? Um, it's a 105.5 megawatt plant with two gas turbines. Um, and my understanding is that um, OSU wants to do this because they want to produce their own energy and they think this will save them money. Um, Jan, why did you weigh in on this and testify against this? Tell us a little bit why you got involved in this issue. Well, this uh, really is part of the plan that OSU uh, entered into in 2017 with Angie and uh, Axiom uh, to set up basically a, a subsidiary to give them a concession, uh, a long-term lease uh, on energy production and uh, heating and cooling on campus. And I think the argument behind that is that not only did it give them a billion dollars up front, which was, you know, much of it going into the endowment, but it also, I think the argument was, allowed them to shift to their quote-unquote primary uh, uh, focus, which is academia. So this is a, a one of a, a number of privatizations. They privatized parking and other things. And I guess my perspective is that uh, you can't really separate the academic function of the university from its relationship to the environment and from the uh, energy systems that it draws on. I think those are integrally related to its academic function and, and everything that goes on on campus. Uh, I think this is a something where faculty um, have an obligation to speak out it's just a, as part of a, a community of scholars uh, uh, that's that's basically the reason i, I wrote the letter excellent and also feeling that this is you know we're in a real situation where we need to move much more rapidly and radically towards uh, zero emissions right i mean they tout themselves as clean energy i was looking at this um french company and um, investment company, and they're both international companies, and they're running the power of Ohio State, and they also tout themselves as um, sustainable. However, all of us know that fracking, fracked gas, is hugely not sustainable. Victoria, why don't you weigh in why you got involved in this, in this fight? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I like basically live on West Campus. And, you know, there's already a large, um, like, power plant on main campus right next to the shoe. And that's, like, one of the bigger um, sources of pollution in the city. And that particulate matter gets carried east, like, downwind. Um, and, like, we see that usually with, with these types of sited facilities, they typically affect like lower income communities, black or brown or immigrant communities um, that have less political power. And like the fact that they're building one on West Campus will just ensure that, you know, more particulate matter is reaching more people with less political power, like students that can't really do anything about it. And being a student, it just really um, 
it feels insincere to me that they would go forth with this plan when there's a 100% carbon neutral goal for 2050. Um, and this is kind of like, in my view, stalling, like Jan was saying, more radical clean energy product projects that we could absolutely be engaging in. And yeah, I got involved because, you know, obviously like I care a lot about it, but also being the um, grad roots chair, I felt like it was my responsibility to be involved for the students. And we had a couple of meetings back when we could all meet in person um, when we first found out about the plant. And a lot of us were planning on going to the original hearing date, um, testifying in person, but things kind of like fell apart, of course. And um, so I thought it would be important to keep showing up because not a lot of students are available over the summer to, to testify and, and do this kind of action. So that's why I'm involved. And how about you, Becca? Tell well, us how, how, how come you're involved in this, in this fight to what do you want by the, by the, I mean, if you're going to fight it. Do you have alternatives? Yeah. Well, the Sierra club advocates for a transition to renewable energy. Um, and you know, the city of Columbus has recently indicated that they intend to transition to renewable energy by 2022. In fact, city council voted this week to put community choice aggregation on the ballot in November. So residents of Columbus will get to vote on that. And um, based on what's happened in other neighboring cities, it is pretty likely to pass. Um, and the plan is to aggregate for renewable energy. So um, they haven't chosen um, who they'll contract with yet, but um, you know that could be a mix of a few different things. It, it could include some renewable energy certificates, but um, they have indicated that they do plan to do some local renewable build out for that. And um, you know, I think the way things are going, there's becoming more and more renewable energy available in the metro area. Um, so we would really, really like to see OSU, you know, go along with that plan rather than choosing to commit to getting energy from fracked gas while the rest of the city is moving to renewables. Um, you know, I think the, the heating part of it, they would have to do a different way, but there, there are viable alternatives such as, um, I think it's a steam and a geothermal. Um, there are things that other universities have done that are zero emissions that OSU does not seem to have seriously considered. So I see that Sierra Club really is the only opposing force right now to this um, movement. And it seems like there are environmental groups that are supporting, su supposedly supporting this. And as an activist on the ground and seeing the devastation of the fracking industry in Ohio and the on our water um, sheds, on our soil, on our air, I know that fracking is not sustainable and that the state of Ohio is very pro-fracking right now. So this fight is, you know, the Davids against the Goliaths. So what can we do? And as citizens to halt this um, power gas-fired power plant or and to and to promote what we need 
you know, there are basically two parties who can stop this. There's the Ohio Power Siting Board who has to permit it, and then there's OSU. The Ohio Power Siting Board has held one public hearing so far. Um, after public demand for a second hearing, they have scheduled a second one, which will be on August 4th at 6 p.m., and it's a virtual public hearing, so you know you don't have to be there in person. You don't have to worry about getting exposed to COVID. Um, so if people want to make their voices heard, I would really encourage people to sign up to speak at that hearing. Um, we do have direct links to the registration form for that hearing on all of our social media channels. If you um, look for Ohio Sierra Club or Ohio Beyond Coal, I you know, would just really encourage people to um, submit public comments if they're not able to speak at the hearing um, and also to uh, let OSU know what you think. So you can do that a number of ways. Um, you know, the OSU currently is um, in between presidents. The new president, Christina Johnson, will be starting in September. So, you know, I would encourage people to reach out to her, especially students and alumni. But, you know, I think you can just reach out directly to other parts of the university in the meantime. And of course, letters to the editor are always a great way to bring attention to this. Uh, what about you, Victoria? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it needs a lot more visibility. It's kind of something we just like talk about informally in passing in SENR, like since we've been hearing about it, but there hasn't been really um, an organized push against it. And I think like the more that people know about it, um, the easier it will be to get the university to respond in some way. I'm really excited to hear that they scheduled a second meeting, uh, OPSB did, because I was kind of out of the loop and I was worried that they wouldn't. Um, but that's good to hear. And, and I think the more students and faculty that we can get to testify um, in person um, at that meeting would be really impactful. And then also just like continued pressure from everyone from faculty students um, I think it would be especially impactful if like any students that feel strongly about it can gain um, alliance with like decision makers at the university who might have a little more leverage um, like directors uh, department chairs and then also local activist groups um, I know being at the um, hearing that I was there, the Columbus Community Bill of Rights was there, um, Ready for 100 was there, and I just think that needs to be bigger. We, we should not be sitting on the sidelines, that's my feeling. How about you, Jan? How can you energize your colleagues and other people <laughs> in your sphere? Oh, I have no idea how to energize my colleagues, but I would, uh, <laughs> I would uh, endorse what Victoria was saying. I, I, I do think it needs to be much more of a public issue, which has really not been. No. Uh, there's not been a lot of debate on campus. There's not been a lot of attention to this. I mean, there are so many other things that kind of occupy your attention in the short term and even in the long term. But uh, as I say, you know, you know, energy and the environment are not really something that are separate from uh, or in addition to, they're fundamental to the academic mission of the university. And so there needs to be much more uh, engagement and debate. And uh, that would be, I, I think, the primary thing. I'm not really sure 
beyond what, what has already been mentioned uh, that can be done in this particular instance, since this is so far along. But even I would say in 2017, when the agreement was being entered into with uh, the consortium, uh, I don't think there was much debate or much attention to that or, uh, uh, or really much you know, delegation. There were, there were faculty uh, and even student committees, but they were fairly select. Uh, so it was not a public issue. I think that's the main problem here. This is a public university, a public institution, I should say, even though it gets a fairly small amount of money from the state now, relatively small, I should say. And yet it's giving over uh, an enormous part of its operation to a private firm uh, to make profit out of. And I think that's a tremendously um, fateful kind of decision that really needs to be debated and, and considered. So, you know. Definitely. Um, this is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Becca Pollard, Victoria Abugalum, and Jan Nespor. And they're all concerned citizens and also involved um, with the Sierra Club or Ohio State. And we're and are speaking out about the uh, fracked gas um, power plant that's in in the works to be built to power OSU in the heart of Columbus. I'd like to go a little more in depth to potential health impacts to the communities and the students and the and uh, because there's not only you know emissions but there are also sound pollution. Do any of you know anything about what, what a facility this big, this type of facility, what kind of impacts it might have on the students and the community? Well, we do know that it will be a major emitter of particulate matter, which is pretty worrisome, yeah. um, particularly during a global respiratory pandemic. Um, we know that that type of pollution does put people at higher risk. So. Um, you know, that really seems like it should be ringing a lot of alarm bells. So um, it particulate is that it's different than coal. And do you have any idea of what they are? What, what kind of um, um, toxins are in the air? I don't have that information in front of me. I, I think nitrogen oxides is part of the pollution. I think it'll be a lot of methane leakage, which has a lot longer lifespan in our atmosphere than carbon dioxide. And um, like not only that, but I mean, Carolyn, you know this firsthand, like fracking produces this awful brine that just leaks into groundwater supplies and has really bad implications, like health implications that I think really we don't even know the full scope of because um, of this like marketing that fracking is clean. And so there's less, I just feel like there's less known about that the, the health implications from like the water supply. Yeah, I just wanna add on to Becca's point about um, like COVID right now, COVID detrimentally impacts like demographics by race in ways we would expect like Black, uh, brown, Latinx communities are more affected by COVID and it's also correlating with like who has access to quality healthcare. 
Um, and so I just think if you layer all of that on top of each other, adding this polluting, air polluting facility just makes it that much more dangerous. And I just want to say, I think Ohio State is under a lot of pressure right now with how they're reopening because of coronavirus and also with their response to um, like the social unrest as a result of um, the movement for Black Lives. And I see this like power plant as like integrated into all of that. So I feel like if it is more publicly known what the impacts of this power plant will be, they just, they have to do something about it because it's just going to be so bad for the university's reputation, I think. It's a, it's greenwashing in my, in my perspective, it's greenwashing to say the fracked gas um, powered plant is sustainable is false. It's just false. Um, according to the dispatches, our um, quote here, this is a critical piece of Ohio State's energy plan after the university entered into a comprehensive energy management partnership in 2017. The 50 year deal earned OSU 1.1 billion upfront, plus a three stage payment of 150 million to support academics. In return, Ohio State pays fees starting around 55 million per year to the Ohio State Energy Partners, which is a private company made up of French energy company, NG, and Canadian investment firm, Axiom Infrastructure. So we have a 50 year commitment to be producing fracked gas to power this energy in the heart of Ohio. And I know younger generations of your Becca's and yours, Victoria, you're not gonna stand for, um, for fossil fuels for very much longer. So why are we investing in an old, you know, non-sustainable energy and not putting in solar panels, not doing energy efficiency, not doing wind? Can, we, can you guys weigh on that? I mean, have you had conversations or maybe it's about time we have conversations with the administrators. I mean, um, I think everyone's being entirely too polite. So let's hear, I know you're vulnerable because you are a student and you are a professor to speak out too much, but I think we need to stand up. I think the energy, I think the university would argue that moving to the natural gas, the fracked natural gas would actually be a net reduction because they're currently getting a lot of energy from coal. So that's part of the argument. Yeah. And they also have some fairly unspecific uh, hopes in their plan to shift from the fracked natural gas to biogas or some other uh, source. Although that's not a promise uh, and there's no assurance that that will take place. And they, are, uh, they also listed and I think that there's it was also very a, a kind of um, or neglect of or a lack of recognition of the things that uh, Victoria was talking about, which is the environmental impact on the areas that are producing the fracked natural gas, not just on the Columbus area, but on the places where the gas is coming from. Um, so I, I think there are arguments, you know, about the, the, what are the real costs of this in the long term? Well, just to add on to that, I think um, 
you know, when OSU talks about this reducing their emissions, they're looking at the current grid. So, you know, they're looking at um, using energy from the grid that is largely coming from coal right now, but uh, with the city of Columbus making this plan to transition to renewables in the very near future, um, that seems a little misleading to keep saying that. Yeah, I was going to say, um, maybe Jan, you have some thoughts about this too, but like the, I think OSU um, has been increasingly privatizing like a lot of its services. And um, when that happens and these kind of like neoliberal policy decisions get made, less people are in the room to make those choices. And um, I think being a public university, which is also a land grant university, that is hugely problematic. Um, and I agree, I don't think we should be nice. I, yeah, I just don't know why, or I mean, I guess I have thoughts about why, but given that Columbus is committing to at least try to, to do, do renewables, um, like why are we privatizing OSU's energy right now? And OSU should be a pillar of the community in sustainability. It is a huge research facility and has like a very large presence as an anchor institution in the city. And I just don't think it really gives the right message. It's very off, off brand to be doing something totally different energy wise than the city that you claim so much. So um, let's give the listeners um, actual emails, um, uh, websites, and especially if they want to testify, uh, Becca, where can they get the specific information? Because a lot of people don't know how to testify. Go ahead. Um, well, the uh, actual form to fill out to register for the hearing is on the Ohio Power Citing Board's website. Um, and I think, you know, it's probably easier if people just do a web search for OPSB OSU gas plant, then try to put in the long URL to the actual form. Um, but we do have direct links to it on our uh, Sierra Club social media channels. We've got that on our Twitter, on our Facebook, and on our Instagram. Um, so if you um, look for Ohio Sierra Club or Ohio Beyond Coal, you should be able to find those links there. Um, also, if people want to submit comments, written comments to the Ohio Power Citing Board, we do have um, an easy form set up to do that that's a little simpler than doing it through their website, and that's at sc.org slash N-O-O-S-U-G-A-S. So that's no OSU gas. And Becca, please send those links to me, and I'll put that on our, um, on our Facebook page. I'd be happy to do that. And how about you, Vicki, Victoria? Do you do you have access to reach the uh, student body of Ohio State? Um, I am a graduate student, so yes, I I have access to reaching the graduate students. And if any graduate students in SCNR are listening to this, I'd be interested in writing a letter from graduates to OPSB about this um, as an organization. So please contact me um, if you're interested in doing that. But I would be interested in getting in touch with some undergraduate students about it. Uh, I feel like that's something that I could do. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I need to plug anything. How can, there, they reach you? How can people reach you? Yeah. Um, 
my email is my last name dot one at osu.edu um and i'm also on facebook and instagram and not twitter because i've just been avoiding it but <laughs> it's just my name everywhere and it'll be the only one that pops up so uh you just copy and paste it into the search bar and get in touch with me i also um I'm the hub coordinator for the Sunrise Columbus Hub. And I think it would be really cool if we could do an action, maybe like um, a banner drop or something regarding this um, this sited power plant. And yeah, so there's a lot of ways to get organized with me. I encourage anyone to do so, especially if you're a student. Yeah. Okay, sorry, our time is running out. Thank you so much for joining us, um, folks. Get informed about this gas plant. We need to stand up and we need to fight back. If we care about climate change and we care about our water, air, and soil in Ohio, we need to help this fight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bye -bye. Carolyn. Thank you. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Come down, come down, come down.